the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing. Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. I'm proud to have as my co-host Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money, one of California's fastest growing mortgage investment firms, and Rob Spinoza of RPM Mortgage. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Number, excuse me. Blah, 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 blah. Come on. 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for three tanning certificates given away during this show. And those certificates are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Uh, Mark, let's just get right into it. Uh, by the way, our trivia theme is numbers. Okay? That'll and narrow speaking it of down. numbers, yeah. <laughs> the number well, six. Well, usually when we got uh, have Rob Spinoza in with us, uh, uh, another real estate broker, and, and, and my company, Pacific Private Money, makes real estate loans, we, we typically have a real estate show, and I know we're going to talk about real estate a little bit later, but i got to talk about this article this week that I got forwarded to me actually from several sources, and, and usually I'm, you know, I, I, people forward me articles, but not the same article, and this was one that, that made headlines this week, and it was from Bloomberg, so reputable, okay. not yep. one of those like yep. business insider ones, which, which by the way, is business insider like the TMZ of financial <laughs> reporting or something? I mean, those okay. articles are so absurd sometimes, but uh, I digress. <laughs> this Bloomberg article headline says the next 10 years will be ugly for your 401k. Oh, boy. And it starts by saying it doesn't seem like much to ask, you know, a 5% return, but the odds of making even that on traditional investments in the next 10 years are slim, according to a new report from investment advisory firm Research Affiliates. Essentially, what they're saying is that a typical balanced fund with 60% stock and 40% bonds has a zero chance of returning 5% or more over the next 10 <laughs> years. And 5% seems to be like the minimum target yeah, that right, people use right. when they're predicting their yields. In fact, many people use 6 or even 7%. Yeah. Uh, and but they're that, saying it's a 0% chance? They believe that's, it's a 0% that's chance. That's really aggressive. Of, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, like, uh, no. I mean, usually they'd say, well, there's only you know, a 20% chance of this or 10% chance of that, but a 0% chance? Okay. Well, I have an interesting spin on this, and I, I wonder what your guys, how you guys would, would interpret this. One of the things we've seen a lot of in the Bay Area housing market, where you have, um, a, you know, a, 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 you have a, a good rate of employment, you have a lot of people that are in good jobs that are saving for their 401k and also looking to become homeowners. We've seen a lot of those individuals use a portion of their 401k to buy real estate. So I'm wondering how this advisory firm might view something like that. So in other words, if you took out, and everybody does that with great trepidation, right? So if you're going to raid your 401k to buy a home, most investment advisors are going to say, oh, don't do that. You know, your Susie Orman's, oh, no way, don't do that at all. But then here you have this company saying there's a 0% chance that you're going to return 5% over the next 10 years, right? And if you had that in your house, 
How does that change the equation? Yeah, that'd be interesting because it does say it does go on to say in the article that uh, a lot of retirement calculators, you know, predict that we'll make six or seven percent, and so people save based right. on that. Right. Right. But if they're only making three percent, you know, they're going to have a massive shortfall. They'll have to work longer or, or retire with a substantially different standard of living than they thought they would have. Moral of that story: since most people's risk tolerance isn't likely to change dramatically. The amount you save may have to. Well, that's their moral. My moral of the story is if you're going to rely on stocks and bonds and a balanced portfolio of stocks and bonds to, to pay for your retirement lifestyles, mm-hmm. you know, be prepared for a pretty lean, lean times. But if you've been listening to our show, The Best of Investing, which has now uh, been on for uh, over six years, we've been talking about mortgage investing and other yep. alternative investments as a way, as a very effective and impactful way to boost the yield you earn on your savings. And even though we've seen some yield compression in our fund, we were consistently over eight for several years, and now we've ticked a little bit below eight, you know, 7.8%. Not a not a bad uh, yield. That's our our year over year um, in, um, uh, returns right now. So he doesn't have the same zero percent chance of producing over five <laughs> percent. And just one more one more article about the stock market while we're talking about it. This was uh, this week in USA Today, titled "The Dow's Two Year Trip to Nowhere." Um, and it basically says that uh, two years ago, we celebrated a major um, landmark in the Dow when it passed 18,000 right. yep. in December of 2014. Where is it today? 18,200. 18, there you go. So, and it's gone up and it's gone down and it's gone up and it's gone down. And so if you're, if you're a market timer, you've probably done a lot better than than zero over the last two years in the stock market. But if you're not, if you're simply an index investor, yeah. are you better off today than you were two years ago, to paraphrase Reagan from uh, how long ago? In the, uh... <laughs> That's right. Um, so I want to also comment on the the start of 2016, if you guys can recall that far back. My memory's a when? little shot, but yeah. <laughs> this year started off on a very weak note, right? And I think a lot of people were looking at where this year would have to end in order for us to be up at all, given the start to the year. I think when you look at your retirement uh, investments, you also have to keep that in mind too. So depending on your age, um, you know, this 10 year thing could scare the bejesus out of you, or it might be, okay, well, you know, I'm in this thing for another 20, 30 years before I retire. So I'm just going to, you know, um, set it and forget it and let this thing ride out. But I think, yeah, I don't think you can do that anymore. And I think most investment advisors that I talk to are also getting wise to the idea that, yeah, you can't set and forget, even if you leave it, stocks and bonds in your 401k, are you managing the expenses? Are you aware of what you're paying within yeah. that? Um, I'm seeing more and more of that. And I think the moral of the story here, because I wanted to touch on something a little later to, you know, that, that we'll cover with the Wells Fargo thing, uh, even though I'm not allowed to talk about it, is you've got to be smart about your money. It's not up yeah. to the government. It's not somebody else's responsibility. It's yours. Yeah, that's true. Okay, guys, we're going to cut to our first commercial break. Before we do, I want to make a quick mention here for the new Cityscape Viewing Lounge at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square. They have 360-degree views that are out of this world. On one side, you can see AT&T Park. Run over to the other side, you can see the Golden Gate Bridge. It is awesome. Cool. Totally glass floor-to-ceiling. All right, here is our first trivia question about numbers. According to the nursery rhyme, how many blackbirds were baked in a pie? The first caller with the correct answer wins that free tanning certificate. (laughs) Um, Call 888-912-1190 to answer that question. And don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing will be right back. 
For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Well, welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Rob Spinoza. First trivia question, uh, talking numbers here. According to the nursery rhyme, how many blackbirds were baked in a pie? Four and 20 That's, or 24. Or 424, yeah, exactly. Four and 24. I was going to say four. Four and 20. Yeah, I don't know why it was like that, but uh, I guess they baked four and then they added because 20 it's more. a poem. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mark, continue on, please. So we were talking last segment about uh, two articles, one in Bloomberg and one in USA Today. The Bloomberg article was entitled, The Next 10 Years Will Be Ugly for Your 401k. And the um, uh, USA Today article was titled, The Dow's Two-Year Trip to Nowhere. And the point being that um, stock portfolios uh, and, of course, bond portfolios are, are underperforming and the key to these articles is that there isn't a big expectation that that's going to change, change. in the coming years. And I've shared on this show several times that uh, I, as much as as far as a year ago, last summer, not just this this uh, the summer of 2015, that I read a, a major article in I believe it was also in, in Bloomberg that uh, predicted that stocks would underperform over the next 10 years. So you know these are these are there's a, there's been a theme in these articles that have been coming out, and you know. Deeper into the article, it talks about how um, you know if if you are accustomed to a traditional portfolio of uh, a certain percentage of stocks and bonds based on your age, age and the suggestions on how that portfolio should change and be weighted over the years, uh, it, it predicts that you know to get higher returns, you'd have to take on what a lot of firms call maverick risk, and that means holding a portfolio that could look very different than what you're accustomed to. Well, I'm going to, first of all, I say the, the, the term, ma- that, that using the term maverick risk, that's that's BS. I mean, let's, uh, what you really need to do is that's take deviating charge. from, yeah, exactly. You've got to take charge of your portfolio, right. and while you should always have a diversified portfolio, which contains a lot of uh, traditional investments like stocks, like bonds, like other things, you should also carve out a percentage for alternative investments, including real estate, as you alluded to last uh, last segment, Rob, and things like mortgage investing, like maybe you invest in individual note, notes or mortgage pool right. funds like we offer at Pacific Private Money, and like many very good and excellent companies do throughout the state of California and other states as well. There are a lot of alternative investment options out there that have safety and security features if you know how to study them. Well, I was going to ask you about that, Mark. So what I was alluding to before was when somebody goes to buy a home and they look for their down payment funds, we've seen more and more individuals look to a 401k loan to either augment or be a large part of their down payment. But what you're talking about specifically is private note investing and things like that, mm-hmm. that can be put into a self-directed IRA, correct? I am. I am. And so uh, if you have a self-directed IRA, and I'm not talking about uh, an IRA with one of the big uh, right. brokerage firms that might even use the term self-directed, but really all they mean is you get to pick from their menu of stocks and bonds and other types of things. You have to have a true self-directed uh, IRA with a company like uh, IRA Services here in the Bay Area, uh, where Edward and I both have our uh, true self-directed IRAs. And when you have your uh, uh, IRA monies in one of those accounts, you can actually buy real estate in your account. You can uh, invest in a mortgage-backed note. You can invest in mortgage pool funds. Uh, you can buy gold 
gold and jewelry through there. You don't have to do it through, uh, uh, limit yourself to just uh, over-the-table uh, liquid stocks and bonds. So they basically administer those types of assets within the retirement account? Yes, they do. I got absolutely. it. Okay. Yeah. They do. And so you uh, you made a little mention earlier about uh, Wells Fargo. You've got an interesting article there. Someone's predicting that uh, maybe this uh, issue with those bogus accounts is going to have more of an impact on Wells than uh, they are leading on? Well, the, specifically, the article says that they could lose up to 30% of their customer base. And, and where I want to go wow. with this may oh, not be where you would, you would expect I would go with this. So Wells Fargo is a competitor of ours. We're I'm with RPM Mortgage, and, mm-hmm. and we operate in the same you know environment where we're competing for residential mortgage loans. And Wells does a great job of that where they do it. We also have Wells as a correspondent, which means that they're one of the investors that we can select when we go well, to they're find- They're friendly, in other words. Yeah. They're fr- <laughs> so, so I'm the last guy that's going to go after Wells and say, you know, yeah, they did something wrong and, and therefore, you know, they should be burned at the stake. <laughs> Wells has um, this customer base, uh, you know, prediction I, I feel is, is not accurate because even in the last week, despite all of the bad press, we've competed against Wells on a number of deals. Um, and, and the customers that have been you know, pitting them against us have had no issue with, with this. So I think it comes down to dollars and cents. And I also think in the case of, of, of banking, Wells is, comes down to convenience. I mean, you can't throw a stone here in, in the Bay Area and not hit a Wells ATM, right? I mean, right. they're everywhere. And their technology is fabulous. Yeah. They have the best and, ATMs around. And I, I bank with Wells Fargo. So, and I have a Wells Fargo home mortgage. And I just, I love the online banking. I can do wires. I can transfer money around like crazy. I can do just right. about anything I want to do uh, on their on their website. So where I'm, where I'm going. And my mobile app. <laughs> there you go. And a lot of people <laughs> mobile banking. Right. So yeah. where I'm going with this whole thing is that when, you, when you're watching Wells, you know, take the beating it's been taking. Realize that without Wells in the picture, you as a consumer, your choices are going to be limited because right, what you happens? Lose out. You're yeah. going to lose out yeah. because what what happens to Wells is also going to happen to Chase. It's also going to happen to B of A and City. And even if it doesn't happen to them, don't think for a minute they're not going to be on on red alert for the same thing to happen to them. Well, they'll be or the antitrust. They'll they'll say less competition. We're going to swoop in. Right. Well, you, and you're making a good point though. It, it, I, what I think is going to happen is I think. Heads are going to roll. Of course, I think more people right. are going to get fired right. at Wells than um, than we were led to believe when uh, Mr. Stumpf uh, kind of waited a little bit before right. he finally uh, saw the writing on the wall right. and and retired, quote unquote. But for the consumer, I got to think that this is actually potentially going to be a good thing because Possibly. they're going to they're bend over backwards to try to do the yeah, right yep. thing to 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 salvage and save their reputation and to provide uh, the best services and to go out of their way not to be not to be confused or, or, or ever accused again of doing this kind of activity. I, I agree with you on that. And, and I would say this. And, and just last week, as a matter of fact, I was looking at an applicant's bank statements and he banked with Wells. Mm. And lo and behold, I see the six or seven accounts and there's very little money in any of them. And, I, and I'm almost certain that, that they didn't open all of those. They didn't open all of those. Cause <laughs> I don't I, need 14 I, I, accounts <laughs> with five bucks in them. <laughs> so, so, uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I feel, and this is me talking, this is not RPM talking, this is Rob Spinoza talking, but I feel that if you have accounts on your statement and you don't know what they are, you make the phone call to Wells and you say, hey, why is this there? Have I been charged any money on it? And you, and you get out of that predicament. Yeah. They, were not, they were clearly wrong to set them up under whatever incentive plan they had. I'm not giving them a pass here. But I think that, again, to, to touch on our earlier theme, whether it's your 401k, whether it's your regular checking and savings, whether it's your mortgage, 
huge. It's your money. It's your responsibility. And if you're listening to the show, you know, that's the whole concept here, best of investing. Mm-hmm. But it's also the best of everything you do every day yeah, with absolutely. your money. And you got to be careful about that because it's a complex environment. And, uh, and, and you're looking out for your own store. You know, at the end of the day, it really comes down to you. It doesn't come down to Elizabeth Warren and, and Richard Cordray and all the other people. It, it's, it's up to you. It's an opportunity to force them to stand up. You know, yeah. be counted. Earn your uh, business. Right. Earn, right. earn our business. Take responsibility mm-hmm. for what they did. And, and now they need to be the best they can be. Right. All right. We're going to cut to another commercial break. When we come back, uh, we've got a couple of questions here. One has to do with co-signing a loan. Okay. Very important. And also about this 8% in your fund. Okay. Uh, first of all, before we do, uh, I want to also make a mention here for sale, the San Francisco Bay aboard a luxury tall ship with a professional captain and crew. All sales depart from lovely downtown Sausalito. And uh, check out San Francisco Bay, what it has to offer on the schooner Frida B. www.schoonerfridab.com or call 415-331-0444. All right, here is our next trivia question about numbers. How much is four score and seven? And it's not the answer is not blackbirds, by the way, uh, <laughs> as in the Gettysburg Address. The uh, first caller with the correct answer is going to win a free certificate at Tan Bella for three tanning certificates, which, by the way, you can use for anti-aging. You have to give them a call to find out what that's all better, about. Better do it fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Before you age too much. Call 888-912-1190. Answer this question. How much is four score and seven years? Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hompt and Rob Spinoza. Second trivia question about numbers. How much is four score and seven? 87. That's very good because 1776 plus 87 is 1863, which is when he gave the Gettysburg Address. Now, don't ask me how deep a fathom is because I don't know that. Don't, ha- don't, don't ha- ask me how deep a fathom is, because I don't know that. Oh, it's some, yeah, some, it's- some nautical term. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so Rob, we have uh, an email for you. It says here, I co-signed for my son's auto loan, but now I'm looking to uh, refinance my own property. Uh, Will my mortgage lender count-, lender count my son's loan against me? Okay, so this is what we know in the industry as contingent liability. It means that you there's a debt out there that you've co-signed on. You, you may not be making the payments. You might not even be the primary note holder. Holder, but it shows up on your credit report. So when you go to make a loan application, we see it there and, and we assume it's your debt, right? How do we know otherwise until you tell us? So the rule of thumb on this, and it, and it is very nuanced, and uh, it depends a lot on the type of loan you're, you're trying to get, whether it's a jumbo loan or a conforming loan. But the rule of thumb is that if you're not the primary obligor, meaning that you are not the, um, you know, you're not the one, the primary note holder, you didn't make the loan, and the person who is has been making 12 months of payments on that and the payment history is good, we can generally take that out of your debt ratio. So you can get that basically out of the equation entirely if you have those things. It gets more complicated where you don't have a 12-month history. Let's say you just co-signed. Pretty much there, they're going to want to include the debt because we haven't proven that that other person is making the payments on it. 
And if I could give any counsel to anybody who may be getting themselves into this situation, if you're going to co-sign on something, don't take the obligation on yourself for that person. Have that person go on it with you on the note, uh, whatever it may be, real estate, auto, whatever it is. And it's just easier to document that way. Documentation is the key in our business because uh, we have to prove everything. You know, do, does the term cosign even really mean anything anymore? I mean, essentially, what I've been told term. that yeah. you know, it's you're on the loan with somebody else. I mean, it's it, it might as well be your loan for the for the most for part. That is the that is the the default position that we take is that uh, because you know in the in the post downturn world, the Dodd Frank world, we are working to prove ability to repay. Yeah. So every loan that application that comes across our desk, if we don't demonstrate that the borrower had ability to repay, we could lose in any foreclosure defense. The consumer could level one against us and we would say, well, we, did, we didn't accurately follow up on that debt. Yeah, yeah. And I think decades ago, the, the, the whole idea of co-signing was that you were just kind of lending your name and credit, yeah, but really yeah. it, it, you know, it, it, it did, you, people didn't think it was going to actually impact them personally. Right, right, right. But now it... it Everything's really, FICO-driven now. Everything's credit right. score. So for know, all intents and report. purposes, right. if you're co-signing, you're basically taking out the loan for that person. Well, I remember uh, some years back, there was a guy who put up his house as collateral okay. every time, uh, the, the guy for bail bonds. Okay. And it oh, never no. came up. And he, and he kept making like $1,000 every time. And then one time, uh, a, a prisoner <laughs> who, who was supposed <laughs> to report uh, jumped Didn't, bail. Yeah. And... He went to court and go. Oh well, I didn't really mean to put my house up, you know. Yeah. And the judge says, "Well, but look how many thousands of dollars you made by doing it." Yeah, uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and there you go, Edward. That's that's exactly the, the what we're looking at. If 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 we say to an end investor, let's say that consumer comes back and says, "Well, I could never afford this loan because I, I have this car payment." You know, even though it was my son's loan and he was making the payments on it, I was obligated on it, so I was actually making the payments behind the scene. Uh, yeah. We didn't document that. Sort of Sorry, we're personal guarantees and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. If, they're, yeah. if they're public, you know, it's sort of like uh, also like you know people who sign up for the you know I'm not against the military at all, but just people who sign up for like National Guard and then suddenly when end up being when, deployed, when, yeah, yeah. And it's like well wait, wait a minute I didn't sign yeah. up for this. Yeah. Well, yeah, almost did. No, you did. You, <laughs> you and, 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 did. I just and, wanted to work out on weekends. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and get paid for it. And Mark, you said you know sign, you co-signs. It's still your signature. There you go. That ergo the second. Part right, of that. Right. Yeah. Okay, so Mark, we have. Uh, oh, by the way, how do people get hold ah, of you? How do people get hold of you? <laughs> they, they can. Um, they can find me on the Best of uh, Investing website. My my profile is there. If you're ever, you know, if you do a Google search, I'm on Yelp. Um, Rob Spinoza in Mill Valley. I work for RPM Mortgage. Four one five three six seven five nine five. And I his, bet you have a lot of stars on Yelp. Got a lot of stars. I bet you do. Hard earned. Yeah. And and no uh, pictures in the post office. Okay, uh, Mark, I uh, received an email for you. It says, well, with interest rates still hovering in record lows, will you continue to pay around 8% in your fund? Me personally or the Pacific Private Money Fund, <laughs> uh, which is a mortgage pool fund that uh, we have that we formed at Pacific Private Money a number of years ago uh, due to the fact that, uh, well, we've been doing uh, mortgage investing uh, with individual notes and individual investors for many, many years, and we've done over a 1,000 of those, and we got to a point where we had so many individual investors clamoring for the high yields that you can earn investing in mortgage-secured notes. Anywhere between 8 and 10% on individual notes is fairly typical in the, uh, in the Bay Area. Um, but we decided that uh, since we had more and more people calling us and fewer of, of them were able to get in on notes since uh, they're, they're very competitive, we decided to um, create a mortgage pool fund, which is actually a, a pretty uh, typical um, 
business model uh, as companies like ours grow you get more and more investors you reach critical mass now it's time to really uh, take advantage of that popularity and start a mortgage pool fund and if you're a reputable company with integrity and you get a good deal flow meaning you get a lot of applications because you have to kind of weed through them to, at Pacific private money for example we read through about nine uh, out of ten applications we usually say no to about nine of them and, and that one really fits kind of our our niche that we're looking for um, short-term ability to repay uh, an exit strategy meaning mm-hmm. they're going to be able to pay us back shortly we really exist in the real estate lending realm for um, fast, reliable financing uh, when conventional or bank financing uh, just can't can't uh, um, can't come through for you. And thanks to Dodd Frank and the fact that banks are uh, a little bit uh, they're operating under much tighter restrictions now. Thanks to Dodd Frank, narrow box. Um, yeah, our our business at Pacific Private Money has been growing, and our investor base has been growing. So in 2013, we launched the Pacific Private Money Fund, which is a mortgage pool fund uh, to allow uh, more people to participate in the benefits of mortgage investing without having to compete with people who invest in notes full-time. These people now can passively write a check to our fund, and um, those fund holders for the last three and a half years have been earning 8% on their money. Now, we have had a little bit of yield compression this year, and and, uh, year-to-date we're at about 7.8%. Uh, between 7.8 and 7.9, still a really good yeah. yield. And as interest rates go up, that you know we expect that yield. Uh, uh, we do expect that yield to go up again. Um, but the question being, um, with interest rates at near zero, you know, do we believe that we can continue to produce the rates at or near the eight percent, which we've been doing historically? And of course, you know, historical performance, past performance is not a f- promise of future results. But our prediction, my prediction, is that based on the demand level and what other companies are doing and our cost of funds and where we see the market heading, while private money rates have averaged downward uh, towards you know 9 and even 8% yeah. in the Bay Area, I don't see a lot of continued downward pressure on that. I think we're going to maintain. We still do 10% loans. We do 9% loans. And between that that blended range, we were able to produce in our mortgage pool fund approximately 8%. So for more information on that, go to our website, pacificprivatemoney.com, or give us a call, and we'll reach out to you next week, 415-883-2150. Very good. All right. We're going to cut to our last commercial break of... Um uh, numbers is the question, but before we do, uh, also don't forget we still have paintball tickets that mm. you can go on the Best of Investing website for like I think it's like eighty five percent off or something <laughs> ridiculous. They make great almost birthday free. gifts, so yeah. almost free. All right, uh, here we go. How many face cards are there in a deck of cards? Eight 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 nine one two eleven ninety. Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing. I'll be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hunt and Marab Spinoza. Here was our last trivia question we asked was, how many face cards are there in a deck of cards? That I don't know. I'm not a gambler. <laughs> 14? 12. Oh, oh, Jack Queen King. Don't count the Joker? Two Jokers? No, no, no. no. Face card. Yeah, that, face that's card. not oh, considered okay. a face card. Jack Queen oh, King. Oh, you were, you were. You know, that's a trick question. Okay. Before, I thought it was a trick question. That's a no, was too no, easy. no, no. It's pretty easy. Okay. Uh, just a real quick thing. Tonight, actually, is the uh, Wine Garden Masquerade Party. Ah. And um, 
where I'm going to be going to it tonight. Uh, they're all sold out, though. Yeah. They are all sold out. Oh, but anyway, uh, check them out at listenspeaklearn.org to see what they're doing for the community of uh, children who are uh, not prepared well with regard to hearing. Okay. So, uh, Rob, you want to ask Mark a question? Yeah. I, uh, Mark, we were talking earlier about the people investing in their 401ks. What I wanted to know is, are you seeing, as a result of the mortgage pool fund, are you seeing younger investors uh, express interest in, in uh, that kind of investing? You know, I, I'd, I'd love to say yes. I actually do have uh, several investors in their early 20s, but of the over 100 investors we now have in the Pacific Private Money Fund, the vast majority of them, I would say, are they start in their 50s okay. and in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. That's, that's yeah, what I would expect. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just, uh, you know, I'm reading articles that support this, but it just seems that millennials aren't really all that interested in. Uh, I just, money. I just no. I just think well, they don't know about money, it. Yeah, but I don't know yeah. that they're interested in in looking out for their long term. Plus, you have to be an accredited investor and stuff like that. So maybe well, they haven't, taken, too, they haven't taken too. steps. So right, if they're not accredited, so right. that that's right. You do need to right. qualify with a certain uh, minimum net worth value in order to invest in our fund. But again, for more information on our mortgage pool fund and how you can participate in mortgage investing for eight percent or more, I think you're historically more on your yield yeah. uh, on your yeah. on your savings, uh, check us out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Okay, so. I usually ask you a deal of the week because the, the question that we haven't even talked about it yet is, you know, how can you pay those kind of rates? Who, right. What kind of loans borrow? are you making yeah. that would allow you to earn that kind of – they must be risky loans to people with bad credit who are in financial distress, uh, right? No. no, no not no. necessarily. Okay. <laughs> not so, necessarily. In fact, very rarely do I even make those loans. So I talked to a guy just a few days ago who owes the IRS $500,000 from – past divorce and all this other kind of stuff business-wise he broke up with his business partner but now he was running for president yeah (laughs) (laughs) close close but anyway the guy does a a very good job okay uh, in his job he's making lots and lots of money but he's got this IRS lien of 500,000 right but he made this agreement with the IRS to pay them like little bits over like the next 500 years right he's got a payment plan exactly so the IRS actually contacted him and said, we want to get this monkey off both of our backs. Oh, right, right, right. right? right. They, well, were, they, they were the proactive. Have programs where they'll say, we'll offer you a Settle. discount. There yeah, you settlement. go, exactly. Yeah, oh, okay. So it turns out that this guy can maybe get as low as a $150,000 wow. settlement. Mm-hmm. And so that knocks 350000 off of his uh, lien. thing is, it's on his house. Yep. Yep. So the idea would be to get a loan that would pay off at least the 150000 mm-hmm. and he has lots then he'll have lots and lots and lots of equity in the house right and uh, but the thing is there's no bank that's going to lend him anything right now because he's got an IRS lien so there's a, a good loan for that's you that's the catch 22 yeah. absolutely no I love stories like that there are I mean that's the that's why we exist at Pacific Private Money is to make real estate loans to people who are in catch 22s and that is that's very typical um, you know, you got people uh, who have equity in their homes, but uh, they don't qualify for these new HELOC programs that we're going to talk about with Rob in a minute. And uh, we serve those. And we also serve people who um, want to uh, compete for a home in a marketplace that still is going uh, oftentimes to cash buyers who can close yeah. quickly. And because it takes uh, longer these days for, for many mortgage brokers to um, uh, to to close a deal, not Rob, but uh, others, <laughs> uh, we... Um, 
No, we just we just brought the plane down on a couple of deals early. Um, really, for oh, really, good. really critical sort of contingent sort of stuff where the real estate agent was looking to close, you know, another and, and needed one to close on time for that to happen. And we excel in situations like that because uh, you really have to break down how how is everything playing out. What are the priorities? What do you need to address first? And how do you get from point A to point B with yeah. all the variables? Yeah. It's something we see a lot of, and and uh, I think private money does that exceptionally well because you don't have to jump through as many hoops. But um, we we do see a bit of that. Too. What I was going to talk about, Edward alluded to it earlier, was um, uh, Mark's favorite publication, Business Insider. Uh, <laughs> the TMZ of financial uh, the reporting. The TMZ of financial reporting. I happen, I happen to bring in an article from Business Insider about people in California are starting to use their homes as piggy banks. Now, wait this, a minute. Yeah, this, this is isn't 2005. Like ATMs? This like is a great headline because everybody <laughs> wants to, they're all afraid of this, right? So, yeah. Um, we are seeing more of this, but uh, it is very different. What I'm seeing is very different than what we saw in the early 2000s. We're not seeing people do this carelessly or for very frivolous things. We are seeing it now. Uh, where I like to see it most and best is when people do a debt consolidation of higher interest rate stuff, Ooh. things that's really yeah, killing them, credit sense. cards. Um, and as that's long as, as long as they don't go back into the credit cards right, and build them up again. Right, and and you bring up a great point there. But uh, but you know, responsible debt consolidation. Um, you know, we're seeing more of that because people have equity in their homes again, and there are a couple of different ways they can do it. They can reach it with a home equity line of credit. They can do a cash out refinance. They can do a fixed rate second mortgage. But we're seeing it across the board, and uh, and of course that raises some eyebrows. People are concerned we're headed back into a place where we have uh, been before. Dodd Frank won't allow that. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, I think that when you start looking at uh, access of, of home equity, what, what we often see when it works best is people will consolidate higher interest rate debt, maybe they'll do a little bit of home improvement, uh, and at the end of the day, they'll end up with terms that are better than the terms that they're getting out of. So I think that there are opportunities out there if you find yourself in that situation. Those are always things worth looking into. So how do the HELOC programs that, uh, for example, that you offer at RPM Mortgage mm-hmm. today, Rob, differ from the ones from, say, 2004 and five when they were giving them away like candy, well, like Halloween candy? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the main difference is you have to qualify for them now. In the vast majority of ah, cases- darn. Yeah. Before- it's, So it's not, just, it's not just equity only. You can't right. just strip equity out of right. your property. There were a lot of lenders, I'm not going to say who they were, back in the day that would do- oh, yeah. They would look at the valuation of the house. They wouldn't actually do an appraisal, but they would do some sort of automated valuation, yeah. and they would look at your FICO, and that was your application. That was it. Because if you had good credit and you had equity, that's all they needed to know. Now, more often than not, if you go back into the process to get a a home equity line of credit or some other vehicle to access the equity in your home, your qualification is going to look eerily similar to getting just your regular first mortgage. Mm. I think that's the main difference. Again, HELOC lenders technically fall outside of Dodd-Frank, as you know. Right. Um, So they don't have the ability to repay... uh, Burden the same way a first mortgage lender does, but they do. They do it. They still do it anyway. As they my, as still my do it anyway, yep, and, and, yep. And, and and rightly so. And so it's good practice. It's good practice. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is that your uh, home equity vehicles they're going to mostly follow prime rate, which is currently three and a half percent. And you'll see a margin, usually over prime rate. That's typical. Um, but you know these are things. If you're in a situation where you've got other debts that are that are, you know burdensome, Edward. Mentioned the uh, the IRS stuff. Yeah. You know, getting into things like that, you you may be able to to solve it with uh, some sort of cash out vehicle. What uh, uh, loan to value ratio are you guys going up to? On uh, a purchase, we'll go up to ninety percent. 
with a home equity line oh. of credit. Okay. Oh, so you do a first, second First, second combination up to 90%. But when you're looking at some sort of cash out refinance, if we do it simultaneously, we can still do 90. Most of your wow. standalone home equity lines of credit are going to cap you at around 80, some 85. Uh, and then if it's anything weird, it's usually 70 to 75. Those numbers just scare me because uh, most people aren't familiar if you've never you know, contacted a, a private money or hard money lender like Pacific Private Money. But yeah, you guys we, are much lower. We, yeah, we are actually more conservative Isn't in many funny? ways than banks. Our, our, yeah. our shtick is our offer, our value is we're fast and... And, and friendly. Well, we're, we're <laughs> fast and reliable when you need fast yeah. money, but we're actually more conservative that we generally don't go over 70%. We'll do seconds, but we don't go over 70% generally on combined loan to value. That's funny. So first. you're doing more conservative loans, but charging more. Well, we, we <laughs> often have people say to us, if they somehow have missed whatever cutoff, they'll come back and say, well, can I get a private money loan? And you're like, no, when it's when it's a higher loan to value, yeah, that is not yeah. private money space. And because you know that that is their value is, is conservative yeah. loan to value. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to cut to our last commercial break. And when we do, we're going to have some closing comments and some funny thoughts for the day. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Rob Spinoza. And uh, Mark, you you have an interesting story to tell us. I've got it. Well, I've got a deal of the week, Edward, and, and uh, the deal of the week we it, it was noteworthy because it was actually the largest loan that we had originated with in-house investors. Now we've okay. we've broker, brokered uh, large loans, five million dollars, six million dollar loans to uh, larger private money firms that have larger mortgage pool funds or access to larger capital bases than we do. Um, but we've been able to, we've been, you know, our, our maximum loan amount's been creeping up. We regularly do loans between one and two million. This particular loan we closed was $3,080,000 on a $4.4 million purchase in Woodside of a beautiful home. In fact, so nice, we're going to do a little email um, advertising, kind of a just-funded uh, email blast to our mortgage nice. brokers and real uh, realtor referral partners partners to let them know that, uh, hey, we just closed this loan and very quickly. So I got a call a week ago Monday from a realtor who was desperate. Uh, the transaction that uh, she was leading for her client, she was the buyer's agent, uh, looked like it was going to fall through because the bank loan of $3 million had been, ex- uh, they'd already gone through two extensions on the contract. The seller was unwilling to give any additional time. They said, if you don't close this by Friday, Remember, she's calling me on a Monday saying, if this doesn't close by Friday, the seller is going to keep the $130,000 non-refundable deposit and sell it to a cash buyer who was in backup position wow. for a large for a higher price. So Some the seller was motivated. The seller was actually going to make, you know, that was going to yeah. be like a real bonus for this guy. And so the buyer was, um, of course, you know, argue, uh, um, justifiably upset and we were able to do this loan I, I wasn't sure at the time it's like okay three million yeah, it's a it was actually three million but we baked in some extra monies for closing costs which is why it was three million eighty thousand dollars but we actually did not close on Friday but we were able to issue a letter of commitment yeah. uh, to close that loan and so this past week we funded on uh, our investor wow. in fact funded on Monday and we were on record on Tuesday and so it was the largest loan that we had ever originated with with 
private investors. We didn't put it in our fund because our fund didn't have $3 million. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I don't know that I would put a loan that large in our fund in its current size. Now, when Heavy our fund, concentration. Yeah, when yeah. our fund gets, you have a $21 million yeah. fund, that's like... Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And it was really, you know, it just as we kind of dug down as to, you know, well, what happened with the bank? I mean, this guy was he he made great money, had over eight hundred FICO score. I mean, everything about him was golden. It's just that those files are never simple, right? It's yeah. a three million dollar loan yeah. is not a simple loan. There's not a lot of banks that will do those that high of a residential and, financing, and they just they just couldn't wrap their arms around everything about this particular borrower right. who had. It wasn't a simple W two. No, it was a that's complicated. the thing. There's yeah. not a, it's people. Not a, that high net yeah. worth are never K-1s. that simple. And, and you were able yeah. to fund it in four days. Right. Now, it, it, yes, yes. Well, we were able to get a funding commitment in, well, yeah, right. be, yeah. because in a couple of days. The residential yeah, mortgage right. lender is looking at all of the details and nuances of all of the things, but you guys are looking at it like this guy is gold. Right. We, you we, know, he's... This loan's going to perform. So we get the application on Monday. Monday afternoon, we call. Uh, we start calling and uh, smiling and dialing our investors. <laughs> on, on, Tuesday, on Tuesday, uh, we contacted uh, a family, a high net worth family down in the peninsula, who um, uh, who are actually. Um, uh, licensed realtors uh, in the among the family members, and so that Tuesday night they went and toured the property. I was going to say they could go called see the us, property, said, right? "Hey, yeah. this is great. We're in." And on Wednesday we started the disclosure process. Uh, we're drawing loan docs on Thursday. They signed on Friday. We funded the following Monday and recorded Tuesday. I mean, it just all happened. Boom, 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 boom. boom, boom. boom. And, and <laughs> let me tell you, those type of transactions are never easy to do. I mean, we had to drop everything and uh, and yeah. get this file done. But yeah. the moral of the story is is that that's why we exist. We exist to save transactions and you that's know, a great story we're not yeah. a hard money yeah. lender out there making loans to borrowers in distress we're out there saving deals for for people for families how do so, people get a hold of you again uh, pacificprivatemoney.com is the easiest way pacificprivatemoney.com alright guys we're gonna here's our thoughts for the day we're gonna cut out for the day how's this why do why do we say something is out of whack well, what is a whack anyway <laughs> but we're and, out of it okay we're out of it yeah and if love is blind why is lingerie so popular <laughs> I thought that was cute and then this came this actually comes from Jimmy Fallon the NYPD is apparently teaching its officers how to be more polite and it's true last time I got frisked the cop was like have you lost weight <laughs> I thought that was pretty good thank you Jimmy Fallon that was that funny alright tune in next week to the best of investing we're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on the Bay Area's Business Leader. AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.